You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody, it's Jack Barksdale here. Welcome to another episode of Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today, we're here with Dan Navarro. Good uh, to see you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. This is going to be a really cool interview. Dan is... Just a great singer, songwriter, and guitar player. I always love getting to see him play, and he does some uh, really cool stuff with Folk Alliance, and he's been doing a ton of live streams that you should definitely go check out. So uh, how are you doing? What have you been you doing? You know, I'm doing good. I mean, lockdown's been tough on everybody. I, yeah. After touring, you know, 100-plus dates a year, everything just dropped off the face of the earth, and I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. So I'm sitting there going, what am I going to do with myself? I know. I'll stream. Nobody will think of that. And I didn't. And I found out everybody was doing. Well, this was I. My first one was March fifteenth. I streamed oh, yeah. one song. Yeah, you figured, you adapted well and quickly. Yeah, real. And so I figure, okay, well, March fifteenth. Uh, here's one song. I'll start tomorrow with a full half hour show. The next day I went a half hour, and I said, well, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. And it turned into two hours a night. It's now two to three wow. hours a night. Oh, wow. Um, I was six nights, six days, five days a week of shows. And then on the sixth day, I would do two hours of stories, play one song and just tell stories. And I had one day off a week. Sometimes I filled that up. Uh-huh. Um, after five months of that, I went to three days a week because I needed a break. So I've been Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday since August. I just hit two today. Tonight, I'm doing my stream at five o'clock California time uh-huh. on YouTube. Um, and it'll be number 202. Yeah. And that's, it's like, that's wow. crazy. You know, over, it gets 200, a, over 200 live streams since the quarantine has started. Exactly. And so, but the whole thing is it keeps us engaged with an audience. It keeps us doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen your streams. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing a little bit different, but without mm-hmm. it, man, I got to tell you, the audience is sending me notes going, you're saving us from going crazy. Because yeah. we can't go to shows, we can't go to restaurants, we can't go here, we can't go there. So we'll come hang with you, and mm-hmm. I'll do it. It's great. That's just so cool. I always love playing shows, but you've seemed to adapt really well to the live streams. Do you, do you think you're going to miss shows, or you think you're going to stay on live streams? I'm going to do both. I miss shows yeah. bad. I actually um, just this week closed a deal. I'm picking up tomorrow. Um a 19 foot camper van and I'm going to hit the road on the ground. And if Uh I can't play a show in a venue, I'm going to pull out my little PA and run it off the inverter and put up my video lights and my camera. If I can get good, good signal Uh and either shoot them film wise or do them live. I'm Uh going to tell the people like, if I can't come to a venue, you want to meet me at a public park or I'll meet you in the parking lot of a Walmart and I'll just bring (laughs) and come play and, pay me if you want to don't pay me if you can't afford it and just go and so i and i think that when real shows pick up the way they used to Mm -hmm. it's going to be a while but they they will i'll probably stream minimum once a week for the rest of my life is the way i look at it it's because you can't really stop doing it once it starts there's Mm -hmm. an audience there so i'm going to do both i'm not going to but i can't wait to get back to regular touring It's, it's just me neither it's the longest i've been home without touring and in, in 30 years, man. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to stay home. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to stop streaming. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're liking the live streams are pretty fun. 
Well, they're fun because they're different. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm talking more. I'm being sillier more. <laughs> I started doing um, themed shows where I'll do all requests or all cover songs and did a bunch of country songs one time, did a bunch of Beatles songs one time. Oh, cool. Um, and then I started going in May. I said, you know what? You send me, whoever you are, send me your individual 15 song set from my material. So I'd say, you know, tonight is the Jack's Bar Jack Barksdale edition and I'll do whatever you request in the order you say. If you say, well, you can change it, no. You got to give me the running order and I will mm -hmm. do it your way. So the audience is listening going, I never thought of these songs in this order. What a mm -hmm. cool surprise to hear this after that. Cuz mm -hmm. you know, you know, you you're a pro. You you have songs in a certain order and you build to a certain kind of pace and bring it mm -hmm. up and bring it down and bring it up big for the end. Mm -hmm. They do it different and the audience likes the the variety. So yeah. I've been doing that since May. I stopped for two months and I went back to it. I've done a hundred fan sets. I call them fan sets. Wow. And it's kind of interesting. And I also say you get to ask for one cover I don't know. Only one. And they'll mm -hmm. want Ripple by the Grateful Dead or they'll want, you know, Johnny Cash tune or something like or sometimes somebody asks for a Genesis song and I'm going, that's gonna be hard. Wow. Somebody asked for one of the worst songs I've ever heard, but they're my friends, they're my fans. I did it anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it was, but it was like, I really don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's super but, awesome. You know, and especially I know you know a bunch of old songs, too. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite was when you played in the Cantina Navarro last year. You, you wanted to do a Towns tune, mm -hmm. and that was just really cool. Yeah, that was super fun. Yeah, well, you know, you're, we're doing it virtually, as you know, because you're in it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're doing the virtual Cantina Navarro Unlocked. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's four hours a night, four nights a week, 20-minute mm -hmm. sets, and I've got you in for the third night, and I awesome. can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really cool, man. Yeah, it is. And so, I'll still uh, host. Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Cantina Navarro, you've done so much with Folk Alliance. I mean, that's that's hard to explain. Uh, could you at least explain a little bit of what a Cantina Navarro is? Yeah, well, the Folk Alliance is an organization that supports folk musicians. It's been around for 32 years. Nobody really can agree on what a folk musician is because there's no such thing as folk music. I mean, there was. Once music started getting recorded, it stopped being true folk, but there's folk-flavored music. Music mm -hmm. comes out of the folk era. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, you know, the more earthy country music is that. Um mm -hmm. Made the slicker stuff, you know, due respect, Lady A is not folk music. Mm -hmm. But no one can agree on what folk music is anyway. Well, the mm -hmm. Folk Alliance, their whole thing was we're about self-starters and especially acoustic artists and artists who have a root sensibility. Americana is a folk music. F singer, songwriter, pop is a folk music. Jackson mm -hmm. Brown is folk music. So yeah. is, you know, so is Buddy Miller and so is John Hyatt in a way because no yeah. one can agree on what it is. Well, the folk community is about gathering together and sharing it this way. So there's this Folk Alliance conference every year and the whole heart and soul of it is every night from like 10 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning, 80 hotel rooms get turned into performance spaces. And I used mm -hmm. to do three a night for five nights. I do 15 of these performances over a five day period. Mm -hmm. And seven years ago, I thought, you know what? I wanna stage my own room. So I called it Cantina Navarro. Mm -hmm. And I would do 20, 25, 30 minute sets, you know, 10 to 12 artists a night, five nights. We would go until late. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and um, I met you at a couple years ago at the 30A Festival. You know, yeah. I thought you were a cool guy. I thought your folks were cool and um, started hearing <laughs> your stuff and loved it. So, um, you, you know, we, we agreed that you would do it last year and you threw down a great set. The cantina you got Amram is, to play with me, David Amram. Well, David Amram is this guy. He was friends with Woody Guthrie. He was friends yeah. with Dizzy Gillespie, the jazz player. He's classical. He's jazz. He's folk. He goes to all the festivals. And mm-hmm. last year he was 89. He's 90 now. Yeah. So I thought what was cool was I would book the oldest guy at the conference with the youngest guy at the conference back to back. And what was cool was, you know, you threw down together on a song. He stuck around mm-hmm. and played some tin whistle. I've got this on yeah. video. I should send it to you. And I talked to him just two days ago and he was going, man, what was cool was that cat's playing and he's playing great. And he turns to me and he goes, hit it, David. <laughs> and these are the moments that happen at a thing like Folk Alliance that everybody loves. So yeah. I keep staging it. Um, I, you know, the, I, tur- I use certain decoration to turn like a boring beige hotel meeting room into a, a bar, a cantina, a performance <laughs> space with stage lights and sound and and a house band and yeah. and it's a place where people hang. You killed in it. It was really great. Thank and you. I only book people I think are, are excellent. You can't buy your way in, you can't talk your way in. <laughs> but as soon as I saw you and got to know you, I'm sitting there going, you're perfect for the place. And it was a, a pleasure and I was proud to present you. When I, I'm, I'm a little, I t- I'm, I'm hurting my arm, patting myself on the back of booking you next to <laughs> ramp. From the oldest to the youngest. That was so much fun. Well, you're next to each other in the coming. Uh, um, he's after you this time, but yeah, I got you in, in success because he's 90 and you're older now too. And here we go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was, oh, that was so awesome. He plays that penny whistle like nothing I've ever heard before. Well, the thing I'd forgotten because I just watched the video a few minutes ago is he's into it. And as he's playing, he's with his other hand pulling out a second one. Yeah. And he plays two at once in harmony. And I'm I know. Like, it's so crazy. I should send you, I'm going to send you that video because I haven't sent that. You haven't seen that, but it'll, it'll take you back. And it was just cool, man. Yeah, that was uh, so much fun. So the whole thing is all about we get to throw down together. Musicians commune, they hang, they trade music. And it gives you the energy to go another year of long drives and bad food and, and all of that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's why I decided, okay, so here we are. We're locked down. What can I do? And I'm going, I wanna, I've been looking at vans for almost a year. And the hmm. perfect one came along at a great price. A friend of mine built it out herself and herself. Yeah. Built it out. Had everything I needed and nothing I didn't need. And I can park it on a city street without drawing attention. So- hmm. It's, it's, and it'll be my touring vehicle and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to live in it permanently, but I can go out for a week and stay in it or, you know, take a hotel once a week or go into a friend's house for a shower and (laughs) just stay out instead of going home for five days in between tour legs, just stay out. I got no reason to be in LA right now. I think we're, everyone is just ready to go play shows again and, and for fans just to go watch shows again and they're freaking out. So yeah. this is all good. Well, I know you've been streaming like crazy, and yeah, that's I haven't good. been streaming. I don't think anyone has been streaming as much as you, though. It's pretty. It's pretty. I know one or two people. I know one guy who's been going literally daily. But um, wow. yeah, I mean, I'm up to. If you count the streams I've done for other venues, it's about 230 right now since March. Hmm. And, wow. You know, 
the, the other part that I didn't think would happen is sometimes I'm sitting there going, man, I really have to do this today. I'm tired. I just want to kind of, oh, they, they're expecting it. I better go do I turn on the camera. I turn on the sound. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Songs from the Corona Zone, number 200. Five minutes in, I'm energized and I'm going really glad I didn't cancel because yeah. it makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're a great musician at the end of the day. That's why you do it. It makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we're going to, we're going to keep on and we're going to keep connecting with people so that they know they're not alone in uh -huh. any of this stuff we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. They don't have to, we are isolated, but you don't have to be as isolated as you could be. Just, yeah, you know, tune in Jack Barksdale, tune in Dan Navarro, tune in good God, Eliza Gilkison's doing it. Um, the Kennedys are doing it. Eric Schwartz is doing it. A bunch about everybody I know is doing it. And mm -hmm. yeah, there's enough to go around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've just done uh, so much, so many things through through your career, through your lifetime. One of uh, your most known achievements is uh, writing "We Belong" by Pat Benatar. That was that changed my life completely. Yeah, made me able. To, it gave me the income to be able to do this permanently. And mm -hmm. you know, I've been I've been lucky to do a lot of things. What people don't know is I'm really 112 years old, and I've been doing this since I was a little child, little children. <laughs> now you know I've, I've been. Not everything happened at once, which mm -hmm. kind of meant well. Someone says, "Do you want to sing on a commercial?" Sure, I'll go sing on a commercial. Uh -huh. Or do you want to sing in a movie? And all of a sudden, I've done 30 movies and 500 commercials, and oh wow, you know, nearly you know, I've done about 2,500 concerts. And it's just, I can't say no. I want to keep going. All of yeah. a sudden, one day, somebody hired me that I'd done commercials for, and they go, well, they actually, this one's a voiceover. So I had, so I did a voiceover thing. Wow. I've been doing noise voices that you can't identify saying stuff like, for Family Guy and American Dad, I've been doing that <laughs> since the first seat. Uh, 20 years I've been doing that. Wow. And it's just... Keep it all going. If someone dares to ask, just shut up and say yes. Uh -huh. And if you don't know how to do it, figure it out by the time the red light is on. Uh -huh. And you're done going, wow, I didn't think I knew how to do that. But I guess <laughs> I do. Yeah. And it's made life interesting and varied and fun. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not a wealthy man, but I make a living and I do interesting stuff. And every so often something new comes along. It's like, hey, uh, I'll tell you a weirdo call I got back last November, mm -hmm. you know, long before shutdown. Somebody, you know, somebody I'd done movies for said, um, uh -huh. you want to sing on a live thing as part of a 40 voice choir on the Ellen Whoa. show? And I'm going, yeah, who's it for? And they said, it's this young <laughs> artist named Camila Cabello. I'd never <laughs> heard of her. I'd never heard of her. I look her up. She's got millions of streams. Millions of hits. So we did this show. We had to wear pink choir robes. They gave us a black uh, sort of, uh, uh, well, wife beater t-shirt because yeah. they didn't want any clothes to show under the uh -huh. choir robes. They gave us pink socks and they didn't want shoes to show. And I'm standing up there in this pink choir robe with 39 other people. She gets on. She's this drop-dead gorgeous 23-year-old who sings this song. I'm singing harmonies with it. And I'm going, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah. Um, and and all of a sudden, I look. That's the video crazy. comes out. It's got 50,000 hits within the first two hours. It's got 3 million hits now or something like that, that on YouTube. That's crazy. And my friends start going, uh, dude, I just saw you on Ellen. 
And by the way, you're the worst dancer in the world because I couldn't do the background singer gospel shuffle. You know, I'm clumsy. Yeah. She came up and kind of wiggled near me at one point and I went, how did I get here? Well, you get here by being open and willing. And, you know, somebody says, hey, do you think maybe I'm ready to say yes even before I know what it is? Mm-hmm. And, and it's turned into fun and weird stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You you have some uh, crazy stories just from, wow, just from oh, they saying get crazier. yes. They get yeah. crazier. And I don't yeah. mean like like ugly crazy or inappropriate crazy. Yeah. I mean things like um, driving in the snow outside of Aspen, Colorado, and there's a semi on its side. And we get on the, C, on the CB radio and the guy's going, yeah, well, I'm just waiting here for help from somebody. You guys go on ahead. You'd be good there. I'm drinking whiskey like crazy. Or um, the time that we rear-ended a vehicle in Minnesota because we hit this stuff called black ice that I'd never seen because I'm from California. Oh, wow. Or the time I lost $6,000 in cash on the road because I set it down on a table, walked away to talk to somebody <laughs> and went, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. I, it was a very tiny little hotel, but it was gone. Oh, Wow. Lots of stuff like that over and over and over again, just by being open and willing. Um, basically ha- blowing a tire in our old RV in the middle of Arizona, in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the slab of tire tra- track, tire, tire tread mm-hmm. ripped the under the, the wiring from uh-huh. the generator underneath the RV. Oh, no. Which we didn't know. So suddenly... We can't start the car every day. We have oh, to get no. AAA out, and we're having and the generator doesn't work anymore. And and we hobbled through a two week tour that way, and we we pulled into a we pulled into a place in 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 Annapolis, Maryland, and didn't turn the engine off because if we turn the engine off, we won't be able to start it. And oh. they did whatever they could to kind of fix it, but they said you pulled wiring from the undercarriage. You're gonna have to stop using the the generator. And it was wintertime, oh, no. so it was cold, and we couldn't heat the place up. And yeah. just stories that happen that – and everybody assumes that road stories all are about bad behavior, and they're uh-huh. not. What they're about is sometimes unfortunate things or crazy things where something happens and you just don't mm-hmm. expect it. Uh, yeah. John Wesley Harding and I met up after a show one night, and – we said, let's go to the radio station. And we went on at one o'clock in the morning on a radio station in Washington, D.C. I got a call from my manager the next day going, you angered the program director because you didn't clear it. And they were upset that you were there. So you better go apologize. You know, so. And all I ever wanted, I was a little like you, except I started later. All I ever wanted mm-hmm. was to be a part of that life to play yeah. and write and sing and tour and be a part of that energy that, you yeah. know, you were, you, I, you know, you were, I think you were 10 when I met you and you, I could mm-hmm. tell you were the real thing, you know, and, and you're going to have stories for the rest of your life mm-hmm. that are going to be, well, when I was 17, I did this and, and people are going to have their jaws dropped. And that's what this is all about. man. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Is there any advice that you would, uh, that you would give young songwriters or singers or performers anything? Yeah, a, 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 a couple of things. Yeah. One of them is, well, writing a lot is important. 
learning about other kinds of music is important. Even if you choose to only create one kind of music, mm -hmm. learning about other stuff, whether it's jazz or or R&B or old pop or world music from other countries, mm -hmm. you can still be whatever you are, a jazz player, Americana player, a country singer, you know, a folky, uh, a hard rocker, mm -hmm. but learn everything and be yeah. exposed to it. And it'll change how you do things mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, I think uh, it's also real, real important to, to dare to try things. Don't, don't uh, let yourself get too locked into just one thing. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. and never quit. Yes. I actually had, there was a, a young guy, I think he was 18 said, um, can you give me some advice? I went, yeah, you should quit. He goes, well, I can't quit. He said, I said, well, you don't need advice then you need luck because really if you can't quit, the situation will work out. It eventually something will happen if you don't quit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're, you know, I've seen you grow every year in terms of the kind of bookings and the quality of your writing. And I can't wait to see you at 25 and what you're going to be like, because mm -hmm. you're not going to be the same way you are now. That's not going to be possible. You'll keep uh -huh. growing, but it's not just technical finger skills or writing skills or singing skills. It's going to all be wrapped up in there and you'll start finding out new ways to say things mm -hmm. and, and it's going to blow people away because you already do. So that's, <laughs> you know, you. my advice to any young, young person is keep writing and keep doing it. Yeah. Well, that's some good advice. Is, are those, is that what you think would be the biggest thing that you've learned? The biggest thing I've learned because I was... I had a little bit of success in my mid twenties mm -hmm. and then it kind of went away. And so I did other things and I didn't really try very hard. I would have a little bit of success and then I'd sit on my butt for months mm -hmm. instead of taking that success and doubling down and working harder. I didn't start working super hard until I was 30. So mm -hmm. we belong happened when I was 31 and I had pretty much thrown away the ages of 26 to 30, those four years five years between 25 and 30, nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And I write two songs a year and I do two shows a year mm -hmm. and I would go, yeah, well, you know, I'm a musician, but I wasn't really doing it. I was talking about it and I was scared. So yeah, the biggest thing I've learned is work hard, work all the time, stay persistent and don't mm -hmm. sit back. But because the opportunities are going to go to the ones who aren't sitting back while you're sitting there going, oh, that person just got that gig or that person just did this or that. Mm -hmm. And I wish I'd learned that when I was younger. Um, so it didn't really happen. I didn't start making a living. I, we Belong happened out of the blue. I mm -hmm. mean, I had two cuts in the mid-70s when I was in my 20s. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue in the mid-80s, here comes We Belong and I'm 31 years old. And at 30, I'm thinking, well, it's over. I'm 30 and nothing's happened. <laughs> but I kept trying. There was no substitute for the constant work. And that's what made the difference. So yeah, yeah I mean, that the biggest thing I learned is don't stop. Yeah. That's all of that is great advice. And thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Man, it's always great to see you. It's great to see you. You know, and I mean, I don't know if this is audio only, but I'm seeing you on screen. And mm -hmm. that's really good to see you because it's been a long time yeah. since we've conversed face to face. It's great to see face. you too. 
Yeah. You know, 30 Ages Tappened. They did the uh, online version of it. And I can't wait for that one to happen again in person. Mm -hmm. But any of the festivals, whether it's Kerrville or Woody Guthrie or, mm -hmm. or you know, 30A or any of those. But the difference is I'm just going to go out there and try to make opportunities happen in my little van, which I don't know if I'm going to name the van yet. I might. You know, <laughs> I haven't figured out what that's going to be Lucille and not going to be Gertrude. Mm -hmm. It might be Ruby. Yeah, you know? that's a good one. You know, or Vanessa. Yeah. Ooh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You know? Uh, no, and so I'll come out your way. I mean, that's the whole thing is I'm, I'm, once I get out there, there's no reason to go home. So I just keep going. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Park on your driveway and, you know, can I fill up my water jug? <laughs> out there and go and go hang out with y'all because I love you guys. You know that. I mean, that's yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes. Very, very cool. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Again, My pleasure, this, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is Jack Barksdale's Revival. Thanks for listening.